phantoms. It's your ghostesses. <laughs> wow, we've got a lot of energy tonight. I'm Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. And this is Two Girls, Two One Girls, Ghost. One Ghost. This episode is sponsored by BarkBox. I have something really exciting to read to you. What? Okay, so a couple episodes ago, we did an ad for Lola, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a very clearly a tampon company or feminine care company and was someone confused yes and it's hilarious okay so we got an email from bob and he i'm gonna read it to you he says let me preface by saying i love your podcast you make my road trip so much more bearable thank you for that (laughs) i was not ready for the lola commercial in the middle of episode 22 the segue into it was so smooth and it was a full 10 seconds in before i was like what the fuck this is a commercial it was the first one i'd heard you do Then, then I say, I didn't have a flipping clue what Lola products even were. I have a niece who is a LuLaRoe distributor, so my lightning fast male mind was like, oh, they're selling ladies clothing. And it gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is obviously a girl commercial, so to be perfectly honest at this point, I'm only half listening. I hear something about rayon and polyester, and I think, yeah, ladies clothing. And then I go in the blank again. Then I hear 100% organic cotton, which makes your month go a little bit easier. And I'm full-blown, what the fuck now? So I listen to you on my iPhone, which is stuck in a holder on my windshield. And I'm so intrigued and confused at this point that I reach up to push the time bar back a little, at which point I realize two things simultaneously. One, I am not listening to a woman's clothing commercial, and I am on the gravel on the side of the road. I straighten my... (laughs) (laughs) it's not done (laughs) I I know okay I straighten the truck back out pull off at the next wide spot in the road and listen to the whole commercial now fascinated by the fact that you made it through the whole ad like you were talking about an oil change place down the road amazing That is the biggest compliment because before we did the ad, we're like, how do we smoothly transition from ghosts to tampons? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, keep up the good work, ladies. These podcasts are awesome and you're both a joy to listen to, even if I'm not exactly sure what it is you're selling. I'll catch up by the next bend in the road. LOL, Bob. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Isn't it fantastic? Is that the one that you stuck into the do not read Corinne no, folder? No, that is another one, but that's for another episode down the line. <laughs> Dang. Oh my god, Bob, we're sorry. <laughs> but at least he didn't crash his truck. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to go, like, order it or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my gosh, wait, I'm wearing the present that you <gasps> got me. Oh my gosh. If anyone doesn't follow us on Instagram, I got the best, I woke up to the best gift the other day. I was leaving my house all flustered and stressed going off to the library to (laughs) study more. And I see that there's a small package outside and it's addressed to me. And I'm like, that's odd. I didn't order anything. And who knows where I live? And then I open it and it's one of those really beautiful gold bar necklaces that has, like, people's names or coordinates or something, like, really meaningful and beautiful <laughs> on it. And it says, not today, Satan. <laughs> Yay! And at work today, people were like, that's such a pretty necklace. What does it say? And I was like, not today, Satan. And they're like, whoa, what? But also, like, so I saw it and I was like, this is everything in the world to us. I need to get it for Corinne. It's so good. I thought that you had actually, like chosen to write this on the bar and then i saw the woman because it's a she has an etsy page Mm -hmm. that you ordered it from yeah and then i saw that she just makes them Mm -hmm. and i was like oh brilliant she inspired me not today satan Mm -mm. not ever someone on our again on our facebook page i always look at our facebook page and then i realize that like I forget that I'm on our Facebook page and I feel like I'm just reading other people's stuff and so I don't like or comment it ha- comment on it half the time when I should. But um one woman just adopted a cat. I saw and she's trying to figure out what to name it. It has one eye. Like, yes, he's a one-eyed cat. And she's like, I wanna name him something to do with ghosts, something paranormal. <gasps> and 
A few people had really great suggestions, and I'm basically going to steal these suggestions. So, for when I get animals. <laughs> Thackeray from Hocus Pocus, like oh, Thackeray Banks, yeah. the cat. Mm-hmm. That's one. Another one is Danny, as in Danny Phantom. Oh, I like that. Who was the first cartoon that I had a crush on. Oh, he was cute. First, but not the last. <laughs> you know what? No, it's still Danny Phantom. No one's really ever replaced him. He's my number one. But yeah, I want, one. I also want to just get a dog. Well, so Danny and Thackeray will be two names because mm-hmm. I'm going to have three dogs because I have three names now. So I have to have three. <laughs> and three is my lucky number. Well, you could get others. two dogs and one pig. Okay. Okay. So the pig will be named Ghost. <gasps> oh. Isn't that just cute? Just I think that's ghost. so cute and simple. Yes, ghost. Ghost. Come here, Two dogs ghost. and a pig. Danny, Thackeray, and ghost. Speaking of your pig ghost, shall what? we? Oh, just going to ghost? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I thought you had a surprise for me. <laughs> no, I already bought you your necklace this week. <laughs> <laughs> I already got my weekly present? Yeah. Gosh, darn it. You gotta wait for next week. You know, I, I took the that test, the five love languages mm-hmm. test, and receiving gifts was, I think, last on my list, but you're really? making me become more of a gift receiver. Hmm. I'm a maybe gift giver, so maybe gift. that's Well, I'm why. normally a gift giver, too. Yeah. I also but, am, I am, what else am I? I'm like all of them, except for I don't need words of affirmation. I am a physical touch and quality time. Yeah. Those are my Those top are my two. top two. And then, oh, and acts of service. I think that might be my number two. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Mm. Do good stuff for me. Just like take care of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hang out with me. And, you Touch know. me. <laughs> skin to skin, baby. Touch me. <laughs> but only the two fingertips. Only. Oh, that can freaks me touch out. Me like this. I'm not touching you. I'm, I'm not, not touching you. you. Speaking of not touching you, ghosts touch you all the time. Ugh. We've gotten some scary emails recently about some... I know. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners are haunted as fuck. Like, it's They are. They're crazy. way worse than we are. Yeah. We thought we had stories. We don't. No. Not compared to the listeners. Except for lately, I've been taking melatonin, so I can't, like, just knock out at night and not have to, don't have to deal with my dreams. Yeah. There could be someone floating right above your head, nose to nose with you, staring at and you. I'll never know. Singing, ring around the rosy. I and you got, have no idea. I just got chills. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't help that I danced. <laughs> I know. We have a little, like, bun bobbling back and forth. <laughs> am I we first? We should probably talk about ghosts now. Yeah. What? Am I first this week? Um, I think you are. I think. So we went – our topic this week was international ghosts and – which is So meaning outside of the U.S. <laughs> right, which is pretty broad in terms of, like – we had literally every other country to choose from. Yeah, and every time I searched um, haunted places in the world, I wanted to do every single one of them because they're all so fascinating. Yes, I changed mine like five times. Yeah, me and then too. I just started making new topics for us to do in the future. Me so too. That I could start doing another one. I did that too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to be roads. This is going to be forests. <laughs> That's so funny. So what did you choose? So I ended up choosing, uh, I went to Italy, Italia. Oh, no way! Because I'm Italian and I wanted to go back to my roots and um, I chose an island, a little island called Poveglia. Poveglia. (laughs) I I was uncertain if you had an R in there, so that's why I hesitated. Because I am obviously good at saying it. (laughs) Poveria Island in Italy. Poveria. Nice. And just a little teaser, one of the articles I read was titled, Like Hell, But in Italy. (laughs) So get ready, guys. This one is just like hell. (laughs) Do you think people are naked there? Like, can you be on the beach? (laughs) I thought you were asking if people were naked listening to our podcast. Maybe. (laughs) You know what? Not... Not everywhere else in the world is as, like, scared of being naked as Americans are. Literally nobody is. Like, when I was young, I was in Greece with my parents, 
and my brother. I always mm-hmm. say my parents, like my brother wasn't there. He's, he's always Your there. family, your whole family. My family, my whole family. But this story is just me and my dad. We were at a little happy hour event, and there was a band playing. And we were standing on the edge of a cliff, and we looked down, and there's a woman who's backstroking. And, and her boobs have seen... She was a little bit older. They've seen many, many years. They've lived a long life. And so they, they hung low. And she's backstroking, and her boobs are all over the ocean. It's not polite to look, but me and my dad just turn, and we stare. And someone else is like, what's going on? We're like, come over here. <laughs> just looking. But it was like, when you're American, like, you're, we have such a problem with nudity here. We're prudes. We're such We're prudes. total prudes. Yeah. And so I get excited when someone's not prude. I'm like, yes, yes, show your nipple. Oh, I'm Do so it. prude. I, like, can't even get naked in the gym locker room. Oh, really? I'm, I don't have a problem with that one. Uh, but back to Italy. Back to Italy. So, Poveria is one of the most haunted places in the world. And of the six articles where I re- read haunted places in the world, Poveria was on every single one. So, that's why I decided to do it. It is a small island in the South Lagoon between Venice and Lido. And it boasts a haunting past, and it's estimated to be the site of over 160,000 deaths. Wow. What? It, but it's such a small island. Well, I'm confused already. The rumor is that the soil is 50% dirt and 50% no. <gasps> human ash. Oh, God. Due to the amount of people who were burned there throughout the years. And it is now abandoned and off limits to the public. So, I have a sidebar question. Please. Because I just started the podcast. I know I'm late to the game because there's already four seasons, but someone knows something. Oh, I haven't and in the listened first... to it yet. Oh, it's so good. Okay. It's so good. Um, and the episodes are shorter. So, like, I'm already on episode five, and Ooh. it's only been my commute to and from school today. Okay, um, but they're in the first season, they use cadaver dogs, and cadaver dogs will smell like the different chemicals and whatever from decomposing bodies. But would that not work on an island where the soil is made of human remains, right? No, it Probably wouldn't. not. And I don't think that they would send those dogs there because it's too haunted and no one wants to go there. Okay. Um, before getting into all, like, the ghost stuff, I'm going to tell the really horrific haunting past of the island. Okay. In the year 421. 421, that's so crazy. Like, the history in Europe blows my mind i know it's been around forever you're lucky to find a house that's like a hundred years old in california (laughs) i mean people were there before it's just we kind of you know people took over and and ruined everything yeah so we pretend it's new yeah um so in the year 421 Men, women, and children fled to the island from the mainland, uh, seeking refuge from barbarian invaders. And they stayed there because the island was small and uh, far away enough from the mainland that the barbarians didn't bother going out to it. In 1348, the bubonic plague struck Europe. And similar to many other countries in Europe, Povelia became a quarantine colony. Because it was a small island, so it was easy to exile people there and get rid of the bodies so that people on the mainland were safe. So anyone... So people with the plague were sent to this island? Yeah. But, like, also anyone with any kind of symptoms. If you coughed or if you scratched yourself, you were dragged to this island because they were like, we're not going to take any risks. You know, it was like, I think the number is... One in every three Europeans was killed by the plague. So it was just, like, devastating. And people were terrified of dying of it, right? So you see one person cough or sneeze or anything, and they were dragged to the island to spend the rest of their days there. And it was a for sure death sentence just because of the amount of people who were sick that actually were on the island. So the sick were taken to the island where the dead and then those who were too sick to protest were burned. Wait, burned alive? Some of them were burned alive because they were just so sick and, like, they were going to die anyway. Oh, my gosh. But, like, I don't know. Suffocate them and then burn them. If you're going to kill them, don't just burn them alive. Yeah. But then think about, like, the people who are burning these people are 
destined to die as well, right? Or they're dying themselves. So, like, it's basically, like, the dead killing the dead. Oh, wow. And zombies. Yeah. Wow. Oh, like, I... I it just sounds so horrific, and I can't really wrap my mind around it. But at the other... On the other end, I, I can see the panic that you'd have yeah. if something like this swept through your country and how you'd just be like, you know what, every man for himself. Yeah, I mean, it was so deadly and that science and medicine weren't up to the task to handle these things. Mm-hmm. So it struck again in 1630 and since the island already reeked of death, they decided to use the island again to burn the sick and dying bodies. So by the end of this time, there were about 160,000 people who had died on the island. Then the island was used to store weapons, but that only lasted for a short while. And then in the 1920s, a mental hospital opened on the island, and the areas mentally ill were sent to live in a place of exile rather than rehabilitation. And this is where it's like all, Shutter Island. It, it is exactly like Shutter Island. This is where all the ghosts come in. The patients Mm -hmm. would, like, start claiming of hearing and seeing ghosts of the victims of the plague on the island. They would report hearing their wailing screams all through the night and would often smell burning flesh. Oh, ooh. But no one believed them because they were mentally ill patients. Mm -hmm. Right. So the doctors and nurses were like, you're just going, you're insane. So we don't believe you. Then there were some angels of death doctors, our favorite, who, and there was one in specific who decided to use the patients as his guinea pigs to test experiments. And he is known for his especially inhumane treatment of the patients. He would perform lobotomies with tools like hand drills, chisels, and hammers. Oh, oh my gosh. And, oh, gross. All of his experiments were based on very little sound theoretical knowledge, and he had no, like, he just didn't care about sanitation. So he would just reuse. Oh, my God. Oh, gross. Yeah. I'm not good at medical things. This is really disgusting. Sorry. That's the only gross stuff. Okay. Then. I, like, have to flail around it (laughs) so I don't faint. Uh, the doctor also performed other mysterious experiments on the patients within the hospital's bell tower, which is what reminds me of, of Shutter Island, because mm-hmm. he would take patients out of their beds and up into the bell tower in the middle of the night. And it wasn't uncommon for other patients to be, to be, to be kept up all night by the screams of pain and despair coming from the tower. Wow. So add that on top of the screams and burning flesh of the victims oh, of the plague God. you know these so horrible yeah so then after performing these terrible acts for years and years karma finally caught up with our shitty doctor our mad mad doctor our yes he went he went mad himself and he started seeing and hearing the ghosts that roam povelia including the ones that he created himself by killing them during all of his- well wouldn't you Yes. Haunt him too. Oh, absolutely. It gets better. The ghost. Until the day you die, I'm not moving on. The ghost got their revenge. Like, big time. So he basically went mad, and one night he threw himself from the bell tower, but it didn't kill him. And a nurse who was watching on and watching on said that a white mist rose from the ground as the doctor was writhing in pain on the ground, and a white mist rose from the ground and strangled him to death. <gasps> death by ghost death, death by, by ghost. ghost yes and then since then or since the close of the mental institution the bell tower was bricked up and the bell was removed but people throughout the surrounding area still hear the bell tolling across the bay and then oh my gosh now it gets really spooky So a family recently tried to buy the island. I think it was in 2014, and they wanted to turn it into their vacation home. But on the first night... Did they know anything about the island? Well, they learned on the first night if they didn't already know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Leia's here to join me. So this family learned very quickly on the first night uh, of their stay. They left in the middle of the night, 
and refused to comment on why. But when they left, the daughter's face had been ripped open and she needed 14 stitches. What? What? How? What? Because of something on the island. I'm so confused. Ripped open in what way? Uh, There wasn't specifics, but like I'm... I'm guessing, like, a gash in her face. Oh, God. But they, like, refused to talk about it. That's a big, deep gash. And now the island remains strictly off-limits to anyone. Fishermen steer clear of the island because they're afraid that they will catch human bones rather than fish. (laughs) And although it's closed off, people are always going to be curious. And just saying something is off-limits will not stop the curious from being curious. In 2016, five people from Colorado decided to try and spend the night on the island. But as soon as the sun set, they felt unwelcomed and they felt like something was watching them. A passing sailboat reported screams coming from the island, and they called the authorities. The authorities showed up to the island and rescued these five people from Colorado. And they, like, were terrified and frightened, and that's all that people know about what happened. Then other witnesses have described picking around in the remains of the old asylum and being commanded by unearthly voices to leave and never come back. Oh my god. And people Should have we go? <laughs> No. No kidding. Absolutely not. <laughs> people have reported seeing shadowy figures and psychics who have visited the island describe it as a harrowing place filled with malignant, long suffering, and very angry, vicious entities that seem to have a nasty and malicious disdain for trespassers. Most of the psych- psychics had found this potent, malevolent energy so unbearable and traumatic that they refused to ever return. Well, I believe it. I mean, yeah. what happened to those people is so horrendous. And right, so I understand and there's that so the many. would be very violent and that they'd be resistant of outsiders. Because who yeah. put them on the island? People that they didn't know. Strangers. So obviously, right. they also not trust anyone. We've talked about places that are so, that have had so many deaths and how they are kind of a breeding ground for malignant and evil entities like demons Mm -hmm. or shadow figures because they feed off of the fear of these sad and poor victims of other, of other deaths, you know? Yeah. So there are other ghostly encounters on the island that are more aggressive and physical. Some people have been reported, have reported being brushed, nudged, shoved by invisible invisible hands. Or in one case, which was captured on Ghost Adventures, <laughs> Zach Baggins decided to wander the island and provoke the spirits in Italian. Oh, my goodness. This yeah. is his MO. And it's just like, dude, you're asking for it. We get it. You drink yeah. protein powder. <laughs> I mean, his arms are good to look at, but... But, you know, steroids are possible, too. Soon after he was provoking the spirit, it appears as if something starts attacking him and is trying to possess him. But, like, I watched the clip. It very possibly could have just been attacking him or it all could have been fake. Who knows? But in the footage, you see Baggin flailing and trying to fight off whatever it is with intense rage. And they say that he was possessed by an intensely angry spirit. But... More like he made the Named spirit. testosterone. <laughs> um, I, I do have one question about Ghost Adventures. Sure. They go to all these crazy places like this island or like Waverly Hills Sanatorium and all these like extremely haunted, haunted places. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they claim to have experiences and see things. How do they not? bring back these spirits or, like, any negative dark entities what with them. What if they have? What if they've been possessed for a very long time and these demons are like, yes, I've it's got control. Yeah. Finally, I made it in Hollywood. <laughs> My big break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a star. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, the last thing I'll say about the <laughs> island... <laughs> Is that there are often um, voices and screams that have been captured through EVPs. And 
As soon as people step foot on the island, they begin to feel an oppressive, evil feeling, and they often leave feeling absolutely terrified. And even today, sometimes skulls or skeletons will turn up out in the open or washed up on shore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. You think you found a cool shell on the beach, but... It's actually a toe. It's a jawbone. Gross. (laughs) Man, oh, man. That's creepy. I've never heard of that place. Me neither. Well, apparently a lot of the locals try to keep it under wraps because they don't want it to ever be open to tourists because they just want the people to lay at rest and be left alone. But, you know, tourists can be uh, disruptive. Yes, they can. But, I mean, it's so tempting when you hear off-limit island that's haunted. Like I know. Crap, give me a dinghy. I'm trying to go circle that island. I probably wouldn't get off on the island, but I would want to... It's really Look at it from the ocean. It's like hauntingly beautiful because it has that like old uh, Italian structure and mm, the beautiful mm-hmm. bell tower, but it's haunted. As <laughs> oh man, book. I'll have to look up photos. Yeah, we'll post them on Instagram too because they're actually pretty. And dang, sad. dang, dang! You know what else we should post on Instagram? What is we're having a dog theme to our to our <laughs> episode, but we. Both received BarkBox. Yeah. Every month, BarkBox paw picks the best natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. All edibles are made in the USA or Canada, and 100% of their products are tested on their own animals. It's a really great way to try a variety of treats and toys. So if you want to keep giving gifts to your dog, you can do this monthly subscription each month the box is themed so it's like country fair or bark ball or poo york city and new and unique toys continue to keep the dogs engaged interested interested and happy scouts honor if your dog does not like something in the box they will send you something that they will love for free because they're all about your dog's happiness and also the shipping on any bark box within the u.s is free yes so let your dog fall in love with something <laughs> from the box fall in love <laughs> I was channeling my Scooby-Doo for that. It was really good. Thank you. It was really good. (laughs) Then you can easily find it on on BarkShop.com or on their app, or you could text them and telling them what your dog loved, and they'll tell you where to get it. So if you don't own a dog, because neither of us own dogs, this is a great monthly surprise and gift to give to someone else's beloved pet, whether it's a friend or a relative, son, daughter, whoever. BarkBox has a number of ways you can send a gift and make a lucky pup the happiest pooch on the block. Give the gift that keeps on giving with a BarkBox subscription box. Your furry friend is sure to thank you. I gave my BarkBox to Lexi, who has the cutest little dog, whose name is Birdie. Oh, Birdie. But she's not so little at all. She's massive. She's the most muscular dog ever, but so friendly and cute, and she loved all of the treats. I gave mine to Bear and Rowan. They're my cousins. They're both in their golden years, and they love, they love toys and, like, getting snuggly. They're not the types of dogs that rip them up. They appreciate and love and nurture and baby their toys. And my grandpa really loved the treats because he loved sneaking treats to the dogs. So he was I thought you were going to say grandpa loved eating the treats himself. (laughs) No. No. He just likes giving them stuff that they like. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash T-G-O-G when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan. So again, if you are ordering a 6 or a 12 month subscription, visit BarkBox.com forward slash T-G-O-G and then you'll get a month free. Pretty good deal. And your dog will roll it. Okay, I want to hear where you went. For our international ghost stories. I went somewhere that I probably will never go myself, which is South Africa. Why won't you go? Because I'm scared. I chose a place that we somewhat mentioned sort of indirectly in our last episode, because this is the location where the Flying Dutchman supposedly haunts. And this is in Cape Town, South Africa. Wow. So I chose the Castle of Good Hope. It sounds so nice. Of Good Hope. There wasn't much hope here. Oh, no. Let's go into it. So the Castle of Good Hope was built sometime between 1666. (gasps) It was a sign. It was destined for evil. 
sometime between 1666 and 1679 by the Dutch East India Company to be a stopping point for the Dutch to gather more supplies and just rest along their route from the Netherlands to Indonesia. Wow, I said that really weird. But Indonesia. Whatever. Indonesia. I ran out of breath at the end, so I was just trying to you push just let it, it out. <laughs> okay. The bell on top, again with the bells. Because you did your bell. See, Another we're theme. on the same wavelength. <laughs> the bell on top is the oldest bell in South Africa, and it weighs over 300 kilograms or what? 660 pounds. Inside you mean of the 666 castle. pounds? It says over 660 pounds, so they probably just didn't want to say 666. It probably does. I bet it does. Let's go weigh it. I weigh the same! Oh my god, <laughs> me and the bell! It's all that protein I'm powder. the bell of the bell. <laughs> Inside the castle were many shops. There was a church, there was a bakery, there were living quarters, various workspaces for people doing different types of crafts and whatever they were doing. For work. Crafts. (laughs) Crafts. Wine and paint. (laughs) Making glittery pine cone ornaments. (laughs) And toothpick towers. Fine, Mm. it was my shop. I opened it. (laughs) Um, But then there were also plenty of cells for prisoners. Because (gasps) this wasn't just a nice little castle for people to live out their little fairy lives. It was the site of many wars and whatnot. Um, So prisoners were held captive. They were tortured. There was a lot of torture going on. And many had very violent ends to their deaths within the walls. It's one of the oldest existing colonial buildings still remaining in South Africa. And in 1936, so a little less than 100 years ago, it was made to be a historical monument Today, it houses traditional Cape regiments and the Cape Town Highlanders Regiment, as well as the Castle Military Museum. But there are a few spirits who haunt the castle, not so surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And the first recorded ghost sighting was made in 1915. So plenty of people had seen the spirits, but the first that was actually recorded and written and documented was in 1915. Ooh. People report seeing spirits wandering the halls and walking around at night. One of the resident ghosts goes by the name of Governor Van Noot. And Does he go by that or is that his actual given name? I think like it's in his the ghost name. world he just decided to change his name. <laughs> Call me Governor. <laughs> That's his Morning, name. I don't governor? know why I wrote it down like that. <laughs> his name in life and also in death <laughs> is Governor Van Noot. He's known as the cursing ghost because people who have come in contact with him say that they can hear him swearing under his breath. So I'm like, I think we'd be friends. <laughs> so his story is that he ordered a number of soldiers to be hung because they were caught making plans to desert the castle. So it was a group of soldiers and they were planning on stealing a bunch of um, the military equipment and just running off with it but one of them had a guilty conscience and he told on the group Ugh, we so, hate tattletales i know don't be a tattletale actually but no, also see, see something, something say, say something. something make your best judgment <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um but anyway one of them snitched and It got back to the governor, and then he basically sentenced them to be hung. And a few of them did get off with just a sentence of lifelong imprisonment, which I can't imagine that that could be considered getting off. (laughs) But I guess the other option was being killed. Yeah. But the four ringleaders of this whole plan were hung. And as they were being hung, he himself, the governor died of a heart attack on the porch of his summer home. He didn't attend the hanging. He was at his own summer home, and he died around the same time. No way. Yeah. And apparently one of the hanged soldiers right before he was hanged put a curse on the governor, and that is why he died and why his soul remains restless at the castle. Whoa. Another cool thing about the governor is that apparently he himself was not so squeaky clean and he Mm. stole goods from soldiers and he hid them in the tunnels that run beneath the castle. 
and such treasure has not been found. And maybe I'm thinking the governor has something to do with that. Has he moved it? Or maybe he just terrifies people so horribly Ooh. when they come anywhere near it. Wow. I never know. There's also a six-foot-tall man who haunts the battlement. And I had to Google what the battlement is. And for those who are like me, it is the sort of, like, top part of the lookout tower that has that sort of Tetris <laughs> shape. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. Like the claw type of tower thing. That's what it is. But this six-foot-tall man is said to be illuminated, and his presence is absolutely terrifying. So people who see him don't feel good, not good vibes. He'll walk back and forth. And even he has been seen or been known to leap off of the castle wall. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, so I'm wondering maybe if he, in his life, that's how he died. Well, it depends what he does when he leaps off the tower. If he, like, leaps off just to torment people or if he leaps off and then, like, disappears. Yeah, that's the question. I guess we'll have to go and find out. You say this every time, Kryn. We're not going to do that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's whenever you suggest going somewhere, I'm like, no. And then if I suggest it, you're like, no. It's (laughs) neither of us will ever go anywhere. We're just going to stay in our houses. And This is where it's most safe. Play with... Ouija boards. No. no. Not gonna oh my gosh, there was a this is sidebar, but um there someone makes on Etsy as well, there's these little pins of a Ouija board to mm-hmm. like stick on your clothing or backpack or whatever. And mm-hmm. instead of like the A B C D E F G, it says, Ho don't do it. Oh yeah, someone posted <laughs> that in our Facebook group. Oh, that's probably where I saw it, because I stalk our Facebook group all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so funny. Anyway, okay. Again, with the dog theme, a large black dog is also known to haunt the grounds, and this dog will approach visitors, even pouncing at them, like lunging at them, but then it disappears in the last second. The dog is often accompanied by the sounds of voices and movement from the donk or gat, which means dark hole. And that is the name that was given to the windowless torture chamber in the castle. Oh, the dark <sighs> hole. I'm the sorry. Hole. Don't. It reminds me of something else. Jemima's? No, it's taking a butthole. Oh. <laughs> They're close. They're they are pretty close. <laughs> okay. A soldier is said to have hung himself in the bell tower with a rope. And the bell tower has been barricaded in the more recent years. So it's not in use. It's blocked off. Similar to how yours was bricked off. This one is inaccessible. But from time to time, the bell will inexplicably ring. Wow. And it's 666 pounds, so it's got to be something demonic ringing it. Yes. Yes. That ain't the wind. No. Another resident ghost is Lady Anne Bernard. She lived in the castle for five years. And one of the articles that I read noted that she married a younger man. So I think that they noted that as important. (laughs) She was an early cougar. Um, Good for her. And she lived there in the late 1700s as the colony's first lady. Her spirit is said to appear at parties in the ballroom. She has her priorities straight. Seriously, I was like, this is the best way to spend the afterlife. (laughs) So people have seen her spirit when they have important guests there that they're honoring and they celebrate and throw a party for those honored guests and she will appear. Lady She's like, Bernard. this is my party. What are you talking about? Yes, people see her wearing and she dresses up. It's not like she just comes. She is seen wearing a ball gown of her era and like enjoying the party. Yes, that's I amazing. <laughs> and she's also seen in the dolphin pool. Which is apparently the area where she bathed. So this woman literally She's is like awesome, living in luxury. It's like spa or party. That's how she lives. Oh my god, I love her and the fact that that's called the dolphin pool. I know. She's. I, cool. I imagine her as a ghost and these two little dolphins jumping over her, and splashing back into the. Imagine pool. walking in and there's just like an. You think it's a naked lady, but then you realize it's a ghost. It's a naked <laughs> ghost just bathing, <sighs> enjoying herself. There's another lady. This is not a lady in white, but a lady in gray. Ooh. She is seen crying and running through the castle. 
And there was a skeleton, an actual skeleton of a young woman that was discovered near the castle. And many believe that that skeleton belongs to the Lady in Grey. Oh, wow. And a rumor even circulated that the spirit hasn't been seen since the remains were found. So they were like, oh, it, it, we She's found her remains. It put her soul to rest, yes. Oh, I love that. Well, it's it's not true. So oh. she's been seen again, including an appearance in 1947. I mean, the skeleton was true, but like she right, appeared right. again. But she's not at rest. Um, yeah. But in 1947, a royal family, the royal family came and visited, and several people, including the princess, spotted the apparition of the Lady in Grey. So she's still around, and there was like a mass oh. sighting. Other ghostly activity includes lights turning on and off by themselves, strange voices, disembodied blood-curdling screams, footsteps walking on top of the cobblestone, legless bodies floating through the air, feelings of being watched, and many, many more things. Guards at the castle dread the night shift, and it's been nicknamed the ghost shift, and many choose to walk all the way around the outside of the castle rather than cut through the dark hallways at night because there are just too many paranormal occurrences. And the majority of ghostly activity happens between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. The haunting hours. The devil's hour, the witching hour, everything happens then. What if someone's listening at night? Then we scare them. My aunt told me that she falls asleep to our podcast. What? She's like, oh, but, like, I can fall asleep to anything. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Maybe she doesn't dream. Maybe that's why. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Oh, she has so many good stories. Oh. oh okay. I'll tell them at the end. Okay. I'll tell some of them at the end. Because it has to do with dogs again. Oh, my gosh. This is a dog podcast. I'm turning <laughs> it into that. It's exactly what I've always planned. Okay. Back to um, the Castle of Good Hope. One night, a guard heard someone screaming for help and ran to the voice. It was coming from the torture chamber. And when he got there, nobody was around. And some guards refused to go near the Dunker Gat, the torture chamber, the dark hole, altogether because they say that they feel as though that there's a vacuum trying to suck them into the hole. Oh, it's (laughs) a literal black hole on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, but instead of nothing being in there... It's screams and footsteps and movement. So it's a portal to hell. Tortured souls, yeah. Another tour guide and a guard whose name is Ashley France remembers his first night shift ever on the job. He saw someone waving at him and he got a very eerie feeling. And then he realized that he knows that it's only him and one other guard on the job that night. And he knows where the other guard is. So that man waving at him is a ghost. Oh, my gosh. So he sprints to the other guard as fast as he can, running so fast that he ends up running through barbed wire and ripping up his clothing and (gasps) and injuring himself. That's so painful. I know. And although it seems crazy, some people have even slept over at the castle. Abe Berg, a caretaker at the castle had to spend the night after attending a function at the castle and being left without a ride home. He was sleeping in a room when his chest became incredibly heavy and he felt like he was being held down, just like sleep paralysis, basically. And he finally like kicked and punched himself free and was screaming and he ran out of the room and he just stayed awake until the sun came up and obviously never spent the night there again. That's terrifying. And last but not least, In 1952, a couple was allowed to spend the night at the castle after the, I'm going to butcher this, Van 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 Riebeek Festival, which was a festival to celebrate 300 years since the Dutch came to South Africa. Um, And the couple was awoken. Only to, wait, is it only the two of them were allowed to stay? Yes. (laughs) I guess they asked permission and it was granted. So it's just the two of them in this castle after this festival. So the couple was awoken in the night by a lance corporal shouting for his soldiers to get up. And they're super confused. And so they go up to the corporal, lance corporal, and they ask him what's going on. And he was like, he said, the bus drivers and bus conductors were protesting and that there were riots in the city streets. So the soldiers had to go attend to that matter. 
So the couple's like, okay, like, we're really confused. And so they go back to sleep. The next morning they wake up and they start asking everyone about the protest and what's happening, like what's going on in the city. No one has a clue what they're talking about. So then they start looking stuff up in the newspaper. Nothing's in the newspaper. And that's when they realize that they saw a bunch of ghosts. What? The end. (laughs) The end. That's (laughs) honestly the best scenario in that castle, though. Yeah, to be that confused and be like, oh, like, this must be real. I'm just going to go back to bed now. Right. Rather than, like, some... Realize what's really going on. Yeah. Or, like, ghosts trying to hurt you or being sucked into a black hole, you know? Yeah, quite terrifying. They just got to go back to sleep. Um, really quick. Yeah. I'll tell my aunt's story. Okay. So my aunt doesn't really believe in spirits, but my uncle does. My uncle's blood related to me, John, and our whole family believes in spirits. But Jen is my aunt by Wait, marriage. Jen just joined. Our Facebook group? She just joined our Facebook group. No way. I just approved her. Sweet. Well, she'll she'll hear this. But yeah, so my aunt and my uncle have a child, Addie. She's about three years old or a little over three years old. Um, and they had two dogs, Rowan and Brady. Rowan's still alive. I gave Brady the bark box. But Rowan passed away almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. Addie, let's remember, Addison is a little over three years old. And so right. she was a little over one years old when Brady passed away. And when Brady died afterwards, Addie pointed into the crate and said, look, there's Brady. And they were like, that's not Brady, that's no Rowan. And she goes, no, Brady. And they're like, okay, that's Rowan. And she's like, no, Brady's in there with Rowan. And then it continues. And to this day, she will still occasionally point and say, look, there's Brady. Like, I love Aww. my dog, Brady. And Wait, my Brady's aunt and uncle around. have been, like, trying to say, like, no, it's Rowan. And she goes, no, I know Rowan. And when she looks at photos, she can distinguish between Rowan and Brady. So she knows the difference between them. And she, sometimes she'll point to empty space and be like, hi, Brady. Wow. And Jen asked her one night about, like, when she sees Brady or, or where she sees Brady. And she said that sometimes Brady comes into her room at night and he'll just lay down next to her bed and go to sleep. Oh, and sleep next to her. That's so cute. That's like the best case scenario for a little kid seeing ghosts. Yes. And then at, at school, she talks about Brady and Rowan as that they're both alive still. So she talks like, oh, my dog's Brady and Aww. my dog Rowan. And, too, the other sweet thing is she's starting to grasp the concept of life and death. Like, she's very intelligent. And my aunt read her the book The Rainbow Bridge, which is a children's book that anyone who has children and also has pets should probably get. Um, it's just about pets going over to the other side and joining this pet paradise and it says nothing about heaven at all it's just them joining this pet paradise so she read the rainbow bridge to addison and addie sent to her the other day she said brady's at the rainbow bridge and when rowan dies we're gonna be really sad mom we're gonna be really sad but brady's gonna be really happy to have rowan oh my god so she know, she sees Brady, can point at empty spaces and see Brady, knows that Brady's there, but also understands that Brady is in another world. And waiting for Rowan. Yes. Oh, it gives me the chills. Oh, that's so cute. Oh. We're going to be really sad, Mom, but Brady will be really happy to have Rowan. Well, this is actually a perfect, perfect segue because my listener story is actually a combination of it's from Norway. So it's international. And it's about a pet. What? Why did you just do that? Because I got a cold chill on my back. Not today, Satan. It's literally just in the middle of my back. It feels like getting touched in the middle of my back. Stop touching me, please. We'll see if it stops. Okay. So this story is from Laura. And it's titled Ghost Cats and Trances. She says, hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I love your show, and I just finished your Christmas episode and can't wait for more episodes to come out. I'm a latecomer to your show, having checked it out after hearing the recommendation on Ghost in the Burbs recently. 
I've been wanting to send you a message with a couple little stories since I started listening. So here's one that I thought you'd have a particular affinity for. When I was maybe 11, I was out walking my neighbor's dog when I found a homeless and emaciated tabby cat with the saddest little meow. She was ragged and starving and had clearly been living on the streets for a long time, but she wasn't afraid of me, even with a big collie dog at my side. She let me pick her up and I quickly carried her home to my parents' house. My folks didn't exactly want me to take a cat in, but of course they said I could take care of her as long as she stayed outside. This was in California, so there was no bad weather to worry about. I made her a little shelter from a cardboard box on our porch and fed and nursed her back to health. We expected that she would move on at some point, but she stayed and became known affectionately as Cat in the Box. <laughs> Cat in the Box and I had a special bond, and I spent my whole I spent all of my free time with her outside. My family was getting ready to move to a new house at the time, and when the time came to move a couple weeks later, my parents decided that Cat in the Box couldn't be left behind and was officially a member of the family. At the new house, she became an indoor-outdoor cat, and we were also in for another surprise. Turns out, Cat in the Box was not only homeless, but she was pregnant, too. Oh, my gosh. One day, the time came for the Cat in the Box to give birth. I've been watching carefully for signs of labor and keeping her company as much as I could. Most cats will find a place to hide when they're ready to give birth, places like crawl spaces under the house, for example. And I was expecting her to do this and was a little worried about when she, where she choose and whether the kittens would be safe. But, to my endless surprise, Cat in the Box followed me upstairs to my room one day crawled into my lap, and gave birth to nine kittens right there in my embrace. No way. Oh, my gosh. This is so magical. I tell you this part of the story to illustrate our unearthly bond. We were meant to be together. Cat in the Box raised and nursed her nine kittens in my room where they lived appropriately in a cardboard box house in my closet. The closet is important later. Foreshadowing. Those were some of the best eight weeks of my life. I cried over every single one of the kittens as I went to their new homes, but I still had my girl. Soon after, she was taken to the vet to be spayed, and my mother was too embarrassed to write cat in the box on the vet's forms, so her new name became Mama. Mama was not long for the world. My dear sweet girl was a street cat at heart and went out hunting for prey at night. One morning, a couple of years later, she had not returned returned and my mother found her body later that day not far from our home she had been hit by a car no oh heartbreak this makes me so sad you can understand my devastation we only had a couple of years together but we were soulmates i think this is why cat in the box mama stayed behind to watch over me very soon after her passing i started to catch glimpses of her out of the corner of my eye it was startling but i chalked it up to my grief and the fact that i was used to having her nearby you've discussed the phenomenon of pattern recognition of pattern recognition on your podcast before and i really thought that my eyes were just playing tricks on me but it started happening with greater and greater frequency she wasn't just sitting in her usual spots i'd also catch glimpses of her walking by or darting around and i felt the strong comforting presence of her spirit that was bringing me a kind of comfort i told my parents about these experiences but they are natural skeptics and although they had come to love cat in the box they didn't believe she was still around then one night i was in bed and she jumped up onto my covers, tiptoed over my body as cats do, and curled up and got herself comfortable in the crook of my spine. My eyes were closed and I didn't see her, but I felt her so distinctly that there was no question in my mind to as, as to what was happening, and I went peacefully to sleep. This didn't happen every night, but often enough that it started to feel almost normal. Of course, my parents didn't believe me, that is, until they did. One morning, in disbelief, my father told me that Cat in the Box had visited him in bed the night before. He described the same distinct footsteps and curling up feeling that I'd been experiencing, and he admitted he thought that he'd started to catch glimpses of her around the house once in a while as well. The pattern continued for a long time, then one day a new story came from my skeptic father. He's an engineer and is always looking for the most logical and straightforward explanation for any problem he encounters, but he could not explain what he'd seen the night before. For my whole life, he's always gone around to each of our bedrooms to check in on us kids before he goes to sleep. The night before, he says, he opened my bedroom door only to find me standing in my bedroom in a trance-like trance like state, Ooh. staring into my closet and, quote, communing <gasps> with something in no. <sighs> with something on my dresser in the closet. Ew. Frightened, he yelled out to me and apparently broke the trance. I startled, turned to him, and sat down on the bed, which was behind me. Then, from out of the closet, he says, there came the most unmistakable shape of a shadow cat, which leapt from the dresser and onto my bed. 
When it hit the bed beside me, the shadow dissipated into a cloud of smoke and disappeared. I have had absolutely no memory of this occurring and was dumbfounded to hear my serious and skeptical father tell this story in such earnestness. Oh Needless to say, he has become a believer. I have always wondered whether this was a one-time occurrence that he had happened to walk in on or whether I had been going into these trances quite regularly without knowing it. As the years passed, the visits from Cat in the Box became fewer and weaker as if she was slowly moving on. She did follow me to San Francisco for college, but didn't stay for very long. It has been over 10 years now since I last saw her, but I still miss her and I hope that, and believe that she's now on the other side of the Rainbow Bridge. What? Oh my gosh! <gasps> that's it! It's all <laughs> that's what you're talking about. Well, that's my story. There are others, but they're for another time. Thanks for all your hard work producing this show. I live in Norway now, and it's the dark dark time of the year. So I, after I put my son to bed every night, I've been curling up under my wool blanket with all the lights turned down low, listening to your scary stories. It's been a great way to spend these creepy winter nights here in Norway. Keep up the good work. I wish we could be friends, Laura. <laughs> we are friends, Laura. Yeah. I'm starting to learn people's names and their faces just from Me our too. Facebook group. And I'm like, oh, Instagram. Nan commented again. Like, let's see uh-huh. what she's doing. Wow. But that's, oh my gosh. She's it's got like awesome. one really special touching story of her and the cat. And then I'm <laughs> really terrified by her. But I think it's there. just that like, they were just so connected yeah. in a way that I feel like is almost unexplainable that it's more, more powerful than we can understand. So maybe she had to go into this trance to like communicate with her Mm-hmm. Tra- spirit traveler yeah traveling souls maybe that's yeah. the thing maybe it like tapped into her soul yeah and her past lives could come through and speak with the cat do you think leia and i are like that i think so mm. i think she's too busy she's kind of like that woman in your story who just like shows up to the party and all dressed up in gowns <laughs> i love that she changes to go to the party as a ghost yeah She's like, this is my party now. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> um, also, while you were reading Laura's story, my Aunt Jen texted. I was spooky. No, I... ESPN. ESPN. <laughs> ESP. This ESP. is sports. God damn it. I'm so stupid. <laughs> anyway, Jen texted. <laughs> and she said. Because ESP. Because ESP. <laughs> This is ghosts. Oh, God. There's a 30% chance that it's already raining. (laughs) She said, so I'm addicted to your podcast. I'm finding reasons to drive around so I can listen. (laughs) She said a bunch of other stuff, too. but And then she said that it also freaks her out when Leia meows because she's listening in her car and it sounds like there's a cat in her car. It's okay. She won't meow this episode because she's snoring on my bed. (laughs) She's busy. Yeah. All right, well, I have a story from our listener, Chelsea, who is in Australia. Nice. We're all over the world. We've hit Europe, we've done Africa, now we're in Australia, hint of California. Intercontinental. Mm -hmm. Hi, girls and ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Love the podcast and that I'd share three experiences with you. I'll admit I'm a bit of a skeptic, but maybe just because the thought of the supernatural existing terrifies me. But these are three experiences that have occurred in my life that I cannot explain. Number one. When I was little, I used to go stay overnight at my great-grandma's house. This particular time, it was myself and my little brother and my great-grandma and my gran in the house. My brother and I were about eight and five at the time. We used to sleep in the room with two single beds off of the kitchen. On this particular night, I woke up and could hear the noises that sounded like tap, shuffle, shuffle, tap, shuffle, shuffle, which to me Mm. sounded like a walking stick and then shuffling footsteps just walking around and around the kitchen table. Neither of my grandmas in the house used a walking stick, but my other grandma who lived in another state had one, so this is how I recognized the sound. I remember sitting up in bed and looking straight out the open bedroom door, which was at the foot of my bed, and seeing nothing but the noise continued. My little brother woke up and asked me what the sound was, and we both got into the same bed and fell asleep. We didn't really think about it again, as you do when you're young. Fast forward to about five years ago. I was in my early 20s, and my auntie and I were discussing creepy things, as you do. I started to tell her about this experience and said, 
the noise sounded like, and she finishes my sentence by saying, a walking stick walking around the table? No way. Turns out she had experienced the same thing about eight years later. After her and her husband split up, she moved into my great-grandma's house. She was asleep one night in the same room off of the kitchen when she heard the walking stick and footsteps. Her dog was sitting on the end of her bed growling, and she called out, Who's there? The footsteps then sped up and came into the room, sending her dog into a frenzy, but there was no one there. God, can you imagine? That's so scary. Calling out something and then, like, it running towards you. Like, hearing it come to you. She got into her car and drove all the way to my parents' house and never went back to that house. My dad had to go get all of her things. No way. She thought it was the spirit of my great-grandma who had passed many years before my aunt's experience, but she was still alive when I experienced the footsteps. Oh. Number two. When I was at university, I worked as a nanny for a family with two kids. My daily routine consisted of dropping the kids off at school in the morning coming back to the family's house, doing housework, and then picking up the kids from school for the dinner routine, bath, etc., and then I'd go home. So one day, I'm alone in the house. Both parents worked after dropping off the kids at school, and I was putting away laundry. The kids' rooms were located at the end of the house exactly opposite each other across the hallway. So I was standing in the little girl's room, putting away her laundry, and I found some of her brother's socks in her drawer, so I just tossed them across the hallway and into the bedroom to deal with later. About a minute later, I saw a pair of socks land on the girl's bedroom floor. Confused, I looked out the door and subsequently into the brother's room, just in time to see the second pair of socks come flying out of the darkness of his room and into the hallway. I was frozen with fear, but I eventually left the house and didn't return until I had the kids with me. Their family has a really good tendency of when in doubt, move out, or just, like, run from the house. Yeah. <laughs> Not going back. Yeah. It's a healthy, a healthy run, mm-hmm. I'd say. Number three. This is a happier experience. Oh, good. Okay, Chelsea, because your experiences are really <laughs> terrifying, and I don't know how you can say you're a skeptic. Okay. I moved about six hours away from my childhood home for uni and struggled with being away from my family, especially our dogs. This is turning just into, I know that this isn't international. I know. But this is really a pets episode. Yeah. We just didn't know it. Okay. One night I had a dream where I was walking towards an old shed and lying in the doorway of the shed, I could see the body of my old dog, Lexi. She was skinny with patchy fur, just like she was in her old age. All of a sudden, Lexi ran out the shed, but she was young and glossy and furry like she had been when she was younger, and she ran past me and out into the open fields, and then I lost sight of her. The next evening, I got a call from my dad saying that Lexi had passed away. She had actually passed away the night before, so my dream had occurred on the night of her passing. I think it was her telling me that she was okay, and it brought a lot of comfort to me. Thank you so much. If you've gotten this far, sending <laughs> lots of love from Hobart, Australia. Give Leia a smooch for me, Chelsea. Aww. How sweet. So our listener stories were more sweet than our ghost stories this week, which is good. Mm-hmm. And they're both about pets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pets that have found it across the Rainbow Bridge. So I think our theme was actually international pets across the Rainbow Bridge. Wow, so sweet. Well, I mean, yeah. Chelsea's, that story was sweet, but my god, the other two. The other ones were scary. I wonder what was in that house and if her, the family she nannied for had any other experiences. I know, because that's really aggressive, too, to be, like, basically looking the thing, looking at the thing, even though you can't see it, and it chucks socks at you. But, like, very clearly there's something wrong with the socks to the ghost because they originally were in the girls' room. And then they were tossed back into her room. It's like, I don't want these. I've tried to get rid of them already. Stop giving them back to me. It makes me think that it, it's a child. And he's like, I want big boy socks. Yeah. Like, you know how kids will have imaginary friends? Yeah. And, and a lot of times they're ghosts. Little kids. And it's like, oh, I don't want to play with him. Tell him to get off of my toy mm-hmm. box. Maybe. Unless it's out. like a scary old demon ghost. I don't think it is. It doesn't we will never know. We'll never know. But we do know one thing. If you hear a walker, don't say who's there because it will come shuffling right into your room. Yep. And when in doubt, move out. And mm-hmm. 
keep your toes under the covers at all times. Yeah. Close your closet door. Yes, please do. Maybe block all your mirrors because those are portals. <sighs> never look at yourself. It's really good for your vanity. I never do because I'm always afraid of seeing something behind me or seeing myself different than I am. Oh, like distorted reality. That's why hey. I didn't realize that I should put makeup on this pimple today because I just don't look at myself. I have a matching one in between my eyebrows. It's cool. We're soul sisters. We break out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. Thanks for joining us for another week of spooky stories. Uh, again, if you uh, want the promo code to BarkBox, it's BarkBox.com forward slash TGOG. And you get a month free on a 6th or 12-month subscription. Yep. Treat your pets. Treat your pets, because they'll love you. Love you. And then join our social media. We get mm-hmm. a lot of fun stories from there. And also people just post terrifying things. Right. Articles, so. Yeah. And if you have any ghost stories, or if you have a funny story from listening to our podcast like Bob did, <laughs> please Bob. send them, because <laughs> we love hearing them and reading them. So, Email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and rate and review us because you know the drill. Um, mm-hmm. Put it in your notes, put it in your notebook, put it in your journal, put it in your to do list. Just do it. And again, just to go off of Bob's whole thing, we are new to getting sponsors. So we just want to mm-hmm. thank the people that do sponsor us because this makes it a little bit easier to do the podcast to have the support yeah. from them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like we said on our Facebook group, we will only ever advertise companies that we personally believe in. Mm-hmm. That's true. If we don't, yeah, that's the way. That's what we think. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> what a segue. We will. We will see you on the other side. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Ashley. Do you love hearing about true crime and history and other fun stuff? Oh, you know I do. Well, good, because that's what we talk about every week on the Cult of Domesticity podcast, so I'm glad that you enjoy it. Oh, I probably should have known that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Tell them where to find us. Well, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and other fun places. New episodes come out pretty much every Thursday. So be there or be square. <laughs>